You're listening to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast, Episode 71. It's time to look at weight loss in a whole new way. Instead of focusing on calories in, calories out, you'll learn how to use your brain to transform your body and heal your relationship with food. If you're ready to lose your weight for the last time, you're in the right place. Because it's more than what you eat. It's who you are when you're eating. This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, we're talking about something near and dear to my heart, and that is the topic of menopause and perimenopause. I am 47 years old, or will be in a couple of months, and I'm telling you, I'm noticing some changes, right? And it is often a very challenging time for women. And I intend to have more guests on the podcast to talk a little bit more about this because I feel it's just a little bit of a black box and it's not something that we talk enough about. And so we're getting that conversation going today with Alison Blod. Alison is a registered nutritional therapist living in the wilds of Sweden after falling for the charms of a Viking man. Having worked in the health and wellness industry for over 30 years, specializing in menopausal women's health, she now runs her own online clinic, helping women worldwide manage the negative symptoms of menopause. Her mission is to support her clients with bespoke changes to diet, health, and lifestyle so they can harness their hormones and get their confidence and sparkle back. She believes that all women, no matter what age, deserve to reclaim their health and feel great. Life is too short to suffer symptoms that hold you back. Every woman has the right to feel and look amazing in midlife. And so in this conversation with Allison, we talk about nutritional tips and tricks that you can use to ease this midlife transition. And she has so many helpful little tidbits in there. I really can't wait for you to hear this and to learn all that she has to share with you. And so without further ado, here is the interview with Allison. Allison, welcome to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. We're thrilled to have you here with us today. Oh, thank you so much, uh, Michelle. It's it's lovely to be on your podcast today. Thank you. Oh, and I am so excited to have this conversation because we're going to talk all about menopause, which just happens to be the stage of life I am currently entering. And I have a ton of questions, so I cannot wait to dig in. But before we get to all the nitty gritty details, Allison, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to work with menopause and what your approach is? Yeah, sure. Thank you, Michelle. I'm a registered nutritional therapist and I, I specialize in perimenopause and menopausal and, and postmenopausal women's health. And my journey in, in the health and wellness industry, which you know, I've been working for over 30 years now, started quite young. I think what triggered me off in, in my fascination for hormones was when I was a teenager, um, I suffered from very bad acne. And I mean, that's a hard enough time as it is, isn't it? When you're a teenager, sure. it was just terrible because, you know, it, it makes you lose your confidence. And my skin was, you know, had acne and I was around like 15, 16. And I was fascinated by why this was happening. So I really researched even at that young age into hormones and you know, what I was eating and, and what was going on with, with my body and managed to really help myself by changing my diet, 
and and really having a positive outlook and and working you know with my skin and that then my initial career in in the health industry I started as an aesthetician so I specifically worked uh, with women that were having hormonal problems with their skin and this led me to the group of women perimenopausal menopausal women because this is a time that can really affect your skin I mean you can develop acne you know in your, in your mid-40s I very soon came to realize that you you obviously can work from the outside but you need to have that nutritional piece as well to really improve the skin and overall health so that's when I went back to university and studied uh, nutritional science uh, and I've been working as a nutritional therapist ever since with all the hormonal menopausal issues that that women have because perimenopause and menopause can be a really difficult time for women and it was an area as well I remember when I was growing up my mother my grandmother you know all all the women in my life that were going through this uh, period really were suffering and it was kind of never spoken about it was oh no we don't talk about things like that brush it under the carpet you know, just get on with it. So they certainly didn't get any help from from the the uh, doctors or anything. It was all there was a there still is a stigma attached to it. We certainly don't talk about it enough. So I kind of made it my mission to to talk about perimenopause and menopause and and really help to support women that that are going through it. Yeah, I think it's amazing and also shocking to me that still in this day and age we're not free to talk about this openly. I mean, we all go through this as women and it is still such a black box. Like here I am, you know, for, well, I'm, I'm 47, like I'm just starting the perimenopausal stuff. I'm noticing the changes and I'm a physician and I still don't really know what to expect or, or understand really what's happening in my body. It's hardly talked about in medical school. And it's certainly, you know, we, we just don't, we, we just don't talk about it. I think people are starting, you know, like the menopause manifesto book has come, you know, and other things that are encouraging conversation. But I think this just illustrates how important it is for us to have this conversation today and, and have our listeners hear your, your advice around this, because it's just, it's like staring down this black hole of fear. <laughs> when you turn this age. So thank you once again for for being here. What I've noticed, you know, I didn't even know about the skin changes in terms of acne with with menopause. And I've noticed over recent months, little bouts of acne coming up. And I never even had that as a teenager. So it's been a little bit shocking to me. But I've also noticed lots of fatigue and sleeping problems. That seems to be the biggest stuff that I'm, I'm facing right now. Um, and of course, we often hear women talk about the fear around weight gain um, during the perimenopausal and menopausal and postmenopausal periods. And we'll certainly talk, um, talk about that. So I think it's easy to make that connection between diet and weight in the perimenopausal period. But I'm not sure people had really considered the how nutrition can help with the other symptoms of menopause. But if I'm hearing you correctly, it can. Yes, absolutely. I think when you when you look at perimenopause and menopause, you really have to 
you know, it's, it's like putting a puzzle together. Nutrition is one of the pieces. Lifestyle uh, is one of the pieces. Mindset comes in, into it. And also, if it suits you and it's something that you're, you're interested in, hormone replacement therapy. But it's, course, it's really yeah. all those things together that, that need to be worked on. And nutrition is, a you know, and it's research based of, of how you eat and the foods that you eat can really help with certain menopausal symptoms. So it's a, it's a key piece. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if, if women are just entering this perimenopausal period, like, like I am currently, are there, are there certain changes that we can make to the way that we eat that can just help us feel better in a, in a general way? I mean, I, I imagine, you know, cutting out sugar and processed stuff probably plays a, a part in that, but I imagine our nutritional requirements even change a little bit as we enter this this period of life. Can we, can we talk about that for a few minutes? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes. Uh, sugar. I mean, the, <laughs> the, one of the key things that I say to my clients is that, you know, you, you really need to work on balancing your blood sugar because this has been shown in studies for, for example, with hot flashes, you know, if you, if you're eating a, a, a diet that contains a lot of processed re- refined foods, this has an effect on the amount of hot flushes that you will have. So really, you really need to think, I I like to keep things simple because we're all busy, aren't we? We haven't got time to spend hours in the kitchen, but you really need to choose foods that nourish your body and choose not to eat foods that don't because a lot of the processed refined foods actually have no nutritional value whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You know, and they, they shoot your blood sugar up you know, cause uh, your insulin levels to go up, which insulin is is a hormone that enables our bodies to utilize the energy that we eat. And this is from carbohydrates, you know, and refined carbohydrates like, like bread, white bread, biscuits, cakes, pasta, you know, all of those things, they really shoot your blood sugar up. And, and what we have to remember in perimenopause and menopause is, there's so many things going on because of the decline in estrogen and progesterone, which are the female sex hormones. Mm-hmm. And when our levels of estrogen start to decline, it, estrogen is like a metabolic hormone. And the incidences of insulin resistance go up quite considerably uh, because what happens is our body becomes less sensitive to estrogen. Uh, to sorry to insulin insulin really enables you know our bodies to one is you will gain weight most likely but it affects how we feel mood swings hot flashes you know irritation lack of concentration so a key thing is to basically get rid of processed foods i always say if you if you look on a packet of, of food if it's got more than two or three ingredients, then don't buy it. I mean, there's a list sometimes of ingredients and half the time we don't even understand what they are, but they're not doing your body any favors. More, more of a Mediterranean style diet. This has been shown in, in research that, you know, just eating whole foods, like, you know, a chicken is a chicken, a, a piece of broccoli is a piece of broccoli. You, you can see what it is. It's not like it's not like hundreds of different ingredients. So in in Mediterranean style diet is 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 meat, mainly like white meat, like poultry, uh, fruit and vegetables, 
nuts and seeds, you know, beans, legumes, um, and all your wonderful healthy fats like avocado, olive oil, uh, butter, you know, all of those things, red meat, but occasionally, but, you know, really cutting out on all this processed food that that really is is such a, a problem in in our society today for for health and, and and wellness and it certainly doesn't help you when you're perimenopausal because it really can make your symptoms worse because of the blood sugar uh peaks that's that's a key key thing really choosing nutritious foods mm-hmm. and i think it's important to emphasize that because i i don't I don't think processed food has a place in any diet at any age. I mean, at least not a prominent place <laughs> in, in our diets at, at any age. And I think it's important in emphasizing just the role that it plays in terms of our metabolism and insulin and how that plays out with the decreased sex hormones in the, in the menopausal period, because it's going to affect us even more at this age right? Our bodies yeah. seem to handle it a little bit more when, when we're younger, but with the changes, the hormonal changes that happen around, around menopause, our bodies just do not metabolize these, these foods the same way. No, to, you've totally, I agree with you, Michelle. It's, it, the yeah. body just, it's, I think when you come into perimenopause, you just have to think, I'm going to, I have to care for myself a little bit better now. You can't get away with what you did when you were younger. You know, it's, even though there's a lot going on with hormones, it also, you know, you can't forget the aging process that your mm. metabolism does actually naturally slow down as we age, but that the, the yes. estrogen it is such a, it's, you know, it's a master hormone. We have estrogen receptors all over the body. So mm. when that starts to decline, you know, it, it really affects every part of the body. And, and going back to your uh, question before, you know, things that you can eat and, and think about, when you come into perimenopause, you really have to think of like bone health, uh, heart health, brain health and, and gut health. Because, because again, estrogen levels affect all these. And, and there's shown that, you know, bone density really decreases as we get older as women because we need estrogen to keep our bones healthy. So like mm-hmm. vitamin D rich foods, uh, vitamin K, uh, calcium rich foods are really important for bone health. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, heart health, again, you know, avoiding all the sugary processed foods and, and getting like the, um, the fatty fish and uh, omega oils is really, really crucial. And for many right. foods for gut health or your lovely probiotics or your good bacteria, you know, sure. the, there's so yeah. many things that you really need to think about. Right. And you mentioned eating foods that are high in vitamin D and vitamin K for bone health. Um, what are examples of, of those types of foods? Yeah, vitamin D is, is there are foods with vitamin D, like eggs, like mm-hmm. fish, but it is actually quite a difficult vitamin to get mm-hmm. through food in a, a large enough quantity. I know with the pandemic, there's been lots and lots of research done on vitamin D. And, you know, I think it's probably the only supplement. I know, I don't know what it's like where you live, but in Europe, there's many countries here that actually recommend that people take vitamin D supplementation because you just cannot get enough of it from food. And especially if you're living in darker uh, yeah. climates, you know, where, where the, the sun isn't as... as um, you know, so many sunlight hours, but mm. eggs, salmon, 
um, you know, fatty fish, all of those like uh, sardines, mackerel, but it, it's not easy to get vitamin D. So, you know, in, in general, most people do take a supplement. Yes. And, you know, I, I, I take very few supplements. Vitamin D is one of them. I live in, in Northern Canada. We have nice, long, bright summers, but I'm in sunscreen all of the time and super short days in the winter. And there's, um, you know, there, there's also some evidence that, you know, people who live in bigger bodies don't absorb vitamin D as well either. So, you know, there's, there's just, yeah, vitamin D is definitely a supplement um, that I take for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so crucial, isn't it? For so Mm. many different things like immune health and, you know, so many other aspects. Yeah. Excellent. Are there any other supplements that you recommend for women in the perimenopausal and menopausal periods? Yeah, great question. I get that asked uh, quite a lot. And it's, I mean, I can really feel for for women when they go into a a store that's selling menopausal supplements because it's just overwhelming. So much, so much. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and every one of them is promising, you know, that take these and you're going to get rid of all your symptoms. (laughs) My um, philosophy as a nutritional therapist is food first. Food first. Always try with food first. Uh, Supplements absolutely have their place, but to just wildly take supplements for no reason, then you know you you probably not going to be doing your body any good. You could actually be doing it harm because it can cause stress on the liver because your liver has to process all these supplements. Right. Sure. It it is very individual. When I work with clients, that we would. do testing on some clients to actually see if they need, you know, a a lot of women, when they come into perimenopause, they can be iron deficient because Mm. you you can have very heavy uh, periods Um, and and minerals, you know, you can see like calcium and and certain mineral deficiencies, vitamin B, you know, Mm. all those, you can really see those. And then of course, supplementation is, is appropriate but it's not something that I would recommend that someone just goes out and and, you know there's so much press isn't there on people you know my friend takes that supplement she said it works I'm going to take it but food first if you can get your nutrition from food that's great and and supplements have their place and you know if taking a good quality multivitamin uh that is probably good for most people because even if we eat healthily because of the how our food is grown and the food environment it's not as nutritious as it used to be so it's actually very difficult to get all the nutrition that we need from even nutritious foods because they have how it's grown and and the lack of uh, minerals in the soil and everything so a good quality multivitamin is fine to take for most people Excellent. And you mentioned um, a couple of times it's come, come up. So in terms of the Mediterranean diet, there's a focus on healthy fats there. Also, you know, needing, you know, certain fats to get, um, you know, the omega, the omega threes and things that we need. There is a lot of fear in women of consuming fat, but how important is eating healthy fat in the perimenopausal period? Or the menopausal period fat is i know that the the era that i grew up in you know fat was like a swear word right everything yeah. was like <laughs> low fat no no fat you know terrible and now 
we've kind of turned all that around, haven't we? And researchers mm-hmm. have come out to say, well, actually, you know, we do we do need fat, but it's very much down to the type of fat that type we're of fat. Yeah. You need fats because fats, you know, they 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 what build our body. They give us uh, brain health. You know, they, they create like the membranes around our cells. Omega three acids that are crucial for for cell health and and general mm-hmm. bodily health. And what we need to do for for um, in perimenopause because that's when your hormones can become all, all unbalanced. You know, we need fats to help keep us satisfied when we eat to help with hormone balance you know fats are used in you know the 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 building blocks along with protein in in the body they're really crucial if you're deprived of fat you're really going to see that in your body and your skin and the way that you feel and and brain health and mood and and everything so it's, it's a it's a really important aspect of of eating but it's difficult to get that across to people because as soon as you say the word fat you know we assume oh no not fat that's going to make that's going to make me put weight on but you know it it doesn't and eating more fat and less carbohydrates has been shown in studies to actually help with weight management right yeah it's I think again at such an important point to to emphasize because I think you're you're right it's it's our generation that grew up in that fat you know low fat everything right and and I have a lot of clients in my weight loss business who are struggling with this very thing at this at this time of time of life and can you talk a little bit about what the difference is between healthy fats and the types of fats that are more common in the processed foods that we should be avoiding. Yeah, the the fats, if you think that the healthy fats, the ones that our bodies want and we can utilize in your body when you eat the the product or the the fat, it actually knows what it is, it likes it. Whereas Mm -hmm. the highly refined like vegetable oils and uh, soya oils and uh, trans fats, and uh, they, they are just totally refined and processed. So they cause inflammation in the body. So when you when you eat like um, a vegetable oil that you can buy or, or a rapeseed oil, sunflower oil, they're, they're really highly processed and heated up. So what mm. happens with those fats is they actually the, the chemical composition changes. So when we eat those fats, your body's like, well, what, what is this? And it causes inflammation in the body which again, I mean, inflammation, that's, you could have do a whole podcast on that. I mean, that, that is, is shown to, you know, uh, aggravate chronic disease and weight gain and, and brain health and, and everything. So what mm. you want to focus on is, is more like natural fats that are, you know, olive oil is olive oil uh, that comes from olives. When, when you buy olive oil, try to buy cold pressed virgin right. olive oil uh, and, and, well, another thing you have to think about with fats is the, the burning point, because when we cook, we don't want to cook with fats that, that are going to actually burn and change their chemical composition. And olive oil is, is a good example of that. If you're mm-hmm. going to be heating something up quite like hot, then you really want to be using something like coconut oil which is very high burning point. So it doesn't change its chemical composition when when you use it to fry or, or, you know, if you're cooking something in the oven. Mm -hmm. 
Butter's another good one to cook with. Olive oil should really be put over a salad. You know, you should sure. just eat it straight from the from the bottle. Uh, so olive oil, uh, coconut oil, butter, uh, nuts and seeds are brilliant forms of, of healthy fats. Avocado. Avocado is, is just a wonderful for food. <laughs> yeah, it's just like so, so nutritious. Uh, so they're really like the healthy fats. So get rid of all the, you know, the, the vegetable fats, the sunflower oils, the, the, all the highly processed oils and just stick to natural fats that are healthy for you. Do you have any recommendations for cravings? Yeah, I, I find I find a lot of people tell me that in the perimenopausal period, their cravings for the processed foods and, you know, the sugary and, you know, unhealthy fat sort of foods become the things that they want the most, which, of course, are the things that are the most terrible for us. Um, can do you have any suggestions for for how to manage those? Yeah, cravings that that. It's the, it goes back to good old sugar, doesn't it, again? And mm-hmm. with, with these levels of estrogen declining, you know, estrogen actually, which a lot of people don't realise, is, is um, a hunger suppressant. So as your, your levels start to decline, you can find that you, you, you feel hungry. You, you know, you crave, you, you want more food. And it also has an effect on our, uh, what we call our hunger hormones, you know, there's a hunger hormone called ghrelin, which is released when, you know, your body thinks, oh, now I'm hungry. Now, now I should be eating. You release this ghrelin and, and that stimulates you to, to go and eat. And the, mm-hmm. the other the opposite to that is leptin, which is the hormone that when, when you've eaten a meal, it's released and it, it tells your body, you know what? I'm satisfied now. You can stop eating. And, and during perimenopause and menopause, you know, this can become all imbalance because of the lack of estrogen estrogen has such an effect on everything including the hunger hormones so those cravings for processed foods and sugary foods you know part of the picture is to do with the lack of estrogen and going back to uh, blood sugar and, and you know insulin resistance that that all makes us crave more because if you've got higher blood sugar levels or that blood sugar roller coaster you are going to be craving sugary things. What you need to think about again is, is eating, you know, whole foods. If you eat foods in balance, what a lot of, a lot of us don't actually do with every meal or snack, you, you need to eat protein, which is key, mm-hmm. healthy fat and a healthy carbohydrate. So for example, if, if we say like a snack, if you had a, a piece of an apple with some nut butter, Mm-hmm. you know you've got your fats you've got your protein you've got your carbohydrates in there from from the apples um you know a thing like having uh, maybe celery with hummus is, is a mm-hmm. good if you eat in this style you, you hopefully won't have as many cravings because you, you've not got that uh blood sugar roller coaster and yeah yeah, that's that's brilliant. And just ironically, those are two of my go-to snacks. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, apples with I, apples with. I have this. It's um this. It's called this rainforest um, butter, and it's a few different nuts and coconut, and it's just so so delicious with apples. Awesome. Um, and celery, carrots, and hummus is is my other thing. But here's 
the time of day that I get cravings is quite predictable for me. And I know if I just have one of these two snacks about an hour before then, I don't have the cravings. So like it's, this was a thing I accidentally stumbled upon and it's just been super, super effective in, in managing my cravings for sure. So that definitely does, it, it, it definitely does work. And well, I, that's, I think that's really interesting that you find that. And I, I think as well, it's so important that, you know, it, when you have cravings, try to focus because a lot of it is mindset as well, isn't it? To focus it on yeah do something else a lot of the time if you distract yourself like going outside walking around for a bit or, or phoning a friend or do then the craving tends to go uh, we, we're so used to having cravings but if you distract your like thought patterns in, yeah. do something else, something that like go and have a nice bath or yes. you know do, do something else maybe meditate or do some yoga then the craving tends to pass and one other key thing that if is possible for, for people to do is just don't have sweet things in the house because it's very yes. rare you'll actually get in a car and drive to a shop to buy if you don't have that in your cupboard then you really haven't got that temptation there Agreed. I agree with that 100%. And the bath thing is also something that I do. Yesterday, I had a a 6am shift. And it was after 4pm when I finally got home. And I tend to be very, very tired after these after these shifts. And I wasn't having cravings per se, but I wanted to eat as a way to perk myself up. And, you know, what I was able to say is, you know what, I don't actually need to be perked up right now. I just need a little rest and downtime. So I went and sat with my novel in a bubble bath for three quarters of an hour instead of eating. Right. And it was it was a brilliant, a brilliant strategy for me. Oh, that sounds lovely. You know, and one thing that you can put in your bubble bath, Michelle, is um, Epsom salts. Yes, yes. For all that magnesium. Oh, brilliant for, for perimeter. I'm a huge fan of Epsom salts because they actually absorbed into the skin and they are magnesium is a key thing for, for perimenopausal women. See, I had no idea. Why why is that? Because we, I mean, in, in general, they I was listening actually to some research the other day, and you know, they're basically saying that the whole there's so many uh, people, including mainly women, that are magnesium deficient. Mm -hmm. magnesium is is a mineral that is needed for virtually so many different functions in the body and as we come into perimenopause we're we're normally overwhelmed we're very stressed we're tired and when you're stressed your body just utilizes magnesium you know to maximum levels so Mm. in general most women need more magnesium and having that in in your bath is a brilliant way of getting that in and it's also so relaxing it is so relaxing yes I know you know I'm I'm writing this down because I'm going to do that I'm going to add Epsom salts to my baths for sure because I I did know that magnesium is very well absorbed through the skin I've often used um, Epsom salts baths to help me sleep you know because of that as well so that is an excellent suggestion thank you for that my pleasure I have, I have another uh, question. It's um, so many women these days have questions about intermittent fasting. And I, I've read the research around this and 
fasting can actually be a stressor to, to our body, you know, in particular women when they're of reproductive health age, but is there any role for fasting in controlling symptoms of menopause? Yeah, it's, it's, it is a fascinating area. And I, I've been keeping in touch with, with the research coming out on intermittent fasting because it, it's still, we still don't, there's research coming out, but it's, we still don't know really enough about it. However, mm-hmm. the, the research that is coming out is, is very positive and it, it's a, a fascinating area uh, because we're really going back to thinking, yeah, why, why do we actually need to eat all the time? That isn't how the human body was made. You know, when we were hunters and gatherers out in the forest or tundra, we kind of ate, we ate when we found something to eat. And then maybe you would go like a day without eating. And that's really what they found in research, that our body likes that. We don't actually need to be eating constantly. As far as uh, perimenopause and menopause, I think it's a very, very individual thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know with the clients that I work with, it works fantastically for some people and not for others. I think it, it depends on you and depends on obviously it's not recommended for anyone that's got any sort of uh, eating uh, disorders or maybe doesn't have a a healthy relationship with food because that you know you don't want to start binge eating when when you've been uh, maybe not eating for hours but you can do the easiest thing to do which i've seen has had very large benefits especially on weight management and also uh, menopausal symptoms is just think about taking you know you don't actually have to eat all the time if you if you're not hungry in the morning don't eat breakfast right. you know have yeah, your yeah. next meal at lunchtime if you're not hungry in the evening it's okay to miss dinner mm-hmm. so what the research is saying is that that you know you can have an eating window which is roughly around eight hours sure. and then you know you stop eating up to I mean some you don't need to take it to the extreme but if you if you have your last meal and you stop eating at seven in the evening and then you you maybe have breakfast at seven eight o'clock you know there's a, there's a lot of hours in between that time and that it's like the body can rest and your digestive system really loves that because it can get to work and repair and do everything that it needs to do. If we're constantly eating it, we never have time to rest. So I think yeah. more, more research is needed, but the, the information that's coming out is, is very interesting. I think I take, tend to take it on an individual basis with my clients, but it's very, can be very beneficial because we, we just don't need to eat as much we eat too much basically yeah we, we do eat we do eat too much yeah and I think um you know grazing is such a problem with with so many women too they're they're just constantly snacking all day and I suspect what the research is going to say at the end of the day is that it probably is highly individual not in terms of fasting per se, but in terms of what hours of the day you're actually eating, right? Because I know for myself, if I don't have most of my calories earlier in the day, then I'm hungry all day and I eat through, you know, through the evening. But if I have like a nice, big, huge breakfast and a big lunch, most of the time I'm not even hungry for dinner and that's enough, you know, that's enough for me. But as soon as I, I often fall into this trap of waking up and getting, 
you know, consumed by my to-do list and, you know, deciding to, you know, hit the computer rather than, than breakfast first. And when I do that, I, I am in trouble, but I know other, other women wake up and have no appetite for breakfast and we shouldn't be encouraging women to eat if they're not, if they're not hungry. No, and it is totally agree, Michelle. It's, it's very, very individual, isn't it? It's it's what suits you and, and how, you know, how that fits into everyone's lifestyle. But it's so interesting with intermittent fasting that if you, if you do it for a few weeks and, and, you know, maybe just skip breakfast or dinner or whatever suits you, it actually, you actually don't feel as hungry. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That, yeah. that, and the cravings, I've seen that with my clients that they say, I actually don't have any cravings anymore. I, it, it's fascinating, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think part of the struggle for so many of us is the way foods are made available to us now, right? Is that most of the foods in grocery stores are packaged processed stuff. The fresh foods are seasonal and expensive. And, you know, it's, it, I I think our society is set up for us to be eating terrible foods all day long. And we also have so much of our social lives revolving around food as well that, you know, if you, you know, go out with colleagues in the evening, you know, it involves food. If you have a girl's night, it involves food. Date is always food, right? And, and I think it, it, it just actually becomes a little bit um, difficult to sort all of this out. Um, and I, I, I almost wish we could teach women all of this stuff before they ever reach perimenopause to, to make this transition just a little bit easier because it's hard to, you know, to eat one way for 50 years and then have all of these changes in your body and have, have to make, you know, all of these, all of these big changes. Um, I suspect if I asked you what, what would be the most impactful change women could make to their nutrition? You'd probably say the sugar and the processed foods. Am I right? Yeah, it goes back to the the, the balancing blood sugar. I think if you're only yeah. going to do one thing, it's, it's just mm-hmm. really start to choose foods that nourish your body. And yeah. that, you know, that I totally agree with you what you said about it's 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 not easy navigating the, the food environment. I mean, all the big food companies are totally, you know, bombarding us with with all these ro- processed and refined foods. Which, I mean, it, let's face it, they do, they are delicious. You know, they've got sugar, fat. That that's what what we're programmed, you know, that that we need. But you don't need it in that form. They've been so processed and refined that they don't mm-hmm. really have very nu- much nutritional value left. You know, mm-hmm. anywhere you go. Any any stores that you go in, even if it's not a, a food grocery store, there's food there, isn't there? There's, there's food at the checkout. There's food. Every single social event that we have is is food related. Mm-hmm. It, it is. I totally appreciate it. it's not easy. But the one thing that I would say is really just I think you have to be mindful of what you're eating and really think, you know, I deserve to look after my body. And I'm just mm-hmm. not going to eat those sort of things anymore. And it doesn't have to be difficult. It's just buying foods that you can see and you know what it is. It's not mm-hmm. got a huge big list of ingredients. Yeah. And, and I think it's also giving yourself a little bit of time to adjust when you make these changes as well. So I, 
I have clients who have had such a processed food-based diet for such a long time that they've lost appetite for healthy foods, that the thought of eating fresh vegetables or, you know, chicken that isn't breaded or deep fried just does not appeal to them at all. And that, that was me for a long time too, but it did not take long for my taste buds and my preferences to change once I, you know, decided to eat healthier whole, whole foods. It, it didn't take long. It was miserable for maybe, a, you know, a couple of weeks, but my tastes changed and I don't have an appetite for processed foods anymore. But I think when, when people are first trying to decrease the amount of processed food, it's hard because they just can't find other foods that, that they like. And, and so I, I think patience and just allowing yourself to go through that process is, is important. And I think what might help for motivation is if you, if you just think of all of the negative uncomfortable things we experience in our bodies as a result of the processed foods. And I had no idea that there was a relationship between hot flashes and the sugar and processed foods as well. That is a huge deal, right? If there was ever motivation (laughs) to eat less, less of that, like that, that would be it. And knowing that having a diet high in processed foods also causes more food cravings. It causes the fatigue. It causes lots of GI upset. And I think all of this just gets more noticeable in the perimenopausal and menopausal period as well. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, it causes inflammation in the body, processed sugary foods. And I mean, inflammation in the body isn't, beneficial for for any sort of uh, menopausal symptom let alone any other health you know the estrogen is actually an anti-inflammatory hormone so as that starts to go down you know we really need to be even more mindful that that you know we're eating more of what what we call an anti-inflammatory diet which is going back to you know your mediterranean style diet just getting rid of all the processed foods and, and being it's, it's it's so true what you said it's not easy but you really have to stick it stick at it and think you know I'm worth it I want to be healthy and have a happy life I mean your menopausal post-menopausal years can you it can be 30 plus years so it's a huge part of your life left right yeah yeah it's important and I know I know listeners would love for you to be able to offer some easy miraculous you know <laughs> pill or something that, 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 that would make this all better. I think people don't want to hear that just having a, a healthier diet and eliminating some of these processed foods is, 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 is really the key. But unfortunately this, this is what the, the truth of it is. And the beauty of it is it's simple. Yeah. Yeah. It right? is. It, it, it's, it's a, it's a simple thing. And um, do you have any other advice for how women can transition to a diet that's just a little bit more, more healthful? I think the first thing would be is just to d- small steps, you know, just d- because 
when we're coming into perimenopause, we can already be feeling very stressed and we've got all these symptoms going on. The last thing is, is that you need me to say, okay, now we're going to change all this small steps. Like, okay, I'm, I'm this week I'm going to, it could be something as simple as I'm going to drink more water this week. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure that I increase my water intake, you know, get that habit in place. If it takes a week, if it takes two weeks, and then once you've done that, okay, now I'm going to, I'm not going to eat any processed uh, sweet biscuits or cakes. I'm not, I'm not going to buy them. I'm not going to have them in the house. If I want a snack, I'm going to eat some nuts and some celery or, or whatever, vegetables based. You know, take each, rather than trying to overhaul everything at once, you have to do it slowly because it's it's basically building habits. And, and as we know, habits are difficult. You know, it's difficult to change what we call our, our habits, you know, to more beneficial habits for your health. So taking it slowly and really, you know, looking at the whole picture, the, the nutritional side that we've spoken about, but, but also, you know, the lifestyle, you know, trying to get movement into your life, trying to sleep you know, properly every evening and, and just being generally nice to yourself, giving yourself that little bit of time and, and care that, that you need in this this phase of life is really, really crucial because, you know, we're worth it. We're, I think we're older women, we're amazing. We're so knowledgeable and, and strong and we, we should be able to thoroughly enjoy the next 30 or, or 40 years of our life. So, you know, don't, be afraid to ask for help as well. You know, you don't have to go through this on your own and, you know, getting the nutrition in place, the lifestyle, maybe the hormone replacement therapy, if, if that's something that suits you. It, it's all these pieces that you need to put together because you really don't have to suffer. Menopause is a natural process, but suffering isn't. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Mm. I love that. Menopause is a natural process, but suffering isn't. I love that. Do you have any recommendations for places women can go to get support through this? Yeah, I mean, and I live in Europe, so it's yeah. probably quite, you know, I, I don't know in your part of the world, Michelle, what, what you have uh, as far as like uh, doctors that we, we have a lot of doctors that actually specialize in, in menopause. Mm -hmm. um, which you know really can can help the private clinics that, that can help women but I would you know start off by understanding and getting the knowledge that you can and then searching for a menopausal specialist you know we, we, within the area that you live in I mean I work worldwide with clients so you know the nutritional piece and, and lifestyle you know that is absolutely my domain but if it's more you know, the hormone replacement therapy, then, you know, you need to obviously work with, with a, a doctor there to get that in place, but just go out there and ask for help. Okay. I love that. And I, I know, Alison, you have lots of resources for women on your website as well. Yeah, I have a, on my website, which is alisonblad.com, which is B-L-A-D-H. Uh, I have resources page and, and on there, you know, there's lots of free downloads because we've been talking, haven't we, a lot about Mediterranean style diets and everything. There's actually an ebook there giving you a, a meal plan and recipes for Mediterranean style foods, you know, because 
a lot of people say well I don't live in the Mediterranean how can I possibly eat like that and it's you know it's stuff that's what they've called it but it, it isn't you know, it's just really eating whole foods and there's ones on uh, you know if you're suffering from fatigue lots of meal plans and, and ways to help to balance your hormones and everything so you know please if your listeners want to go on there and download anything please please feel free and if anyone wants to contact me you know there's links on the on the website if you've got any questions or anything I'm, I'm more than happy to answer that's wonderful. And Alison, I'll be sure to include all of that in the show notes for this episode as well. And you can be sure that I will be downloading all of the things. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I actually do eat a Mediterranean diet. That's that's our preference in, in our family. So I would love to see, love to see the resources that you have there. Thank you so much for joining us today, Alison. This was a very helpful conversation. Before we sign off, do you have any last words of wisdom for listeners out there today? One thing I would just say is to embrace this time of your life with with a positive attitude and, and, and enjoy the rest of your life because it's, you know, menopause is a new beginning. There's also a lot of positive things, you know, that can happen when you when you go through menopause, you've got no more periods. You know, you mm-hmm. don't have to worry about getting pregnant. You'll, you'll have more time to yourself. So you can just go out there and enjoy life and, and be a little wild and crazy. Oh gosh, I love I love that. That is my dream to be a wild and crazy old lady. Every time I see one of those, I like I light up. That is that is my goal. <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Alison. Thanks for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's lovely to talk to you. All right, Alison, thank you so much for that. There was just so much useful stuff in there. I have already gone through and looked at your website and downloaded some of your guides. And ladies, if you're listening, it is so helpful. Please head over to her website, www.alisonblod.com and download some for yourself. It truly is. It truly is helpful. Her website will be in the show notes down below and her social media handles as well. So you can find her whenever you might need her. And if you need some help, managing weight around menopause, we can help you out inside the Nourish Yourself Body and Mind group coaching program. To learn more about that, just head on over to my website, www.waysahealth.com and forward slash nourish dash yourself. And you can learn all about the program there. And I'll see you next week. Bye.